Hi, my name is Father Mike Schmitz, and you're listening to the Bible in a Year podcast, where we encounter God's voice and live life through the lens of Scripture. The Bible in a Year podcast is brought to you by Ascension. Using the Great Adventure Bible timeline, we'll read all the way from Genesis to Revelation, discovering how the story of salvation unfolds and how we fit into that story today. It's day 283, and so we're reading 1 Maccabees chapter 2, Sirach chapters 4, 5, and 6, as well as Proverbs chapter 22, verses 1 through 4. As always, the Bible translation we're reading from is the Revised Standard Version, the Second Catholic Edition. I'm using the Great Adventure Bible from Ascension. If you want to download your own Bible in a Year reading plan, you can visit ascensionpress.com slash Bible in a Year. You can also subscribe to this podcast and receive daily episodes and daily updates every single day, including today, day 283, First Maccabees chapter 2, Sirach chapter 4, 5, and 6, Proverbs 22, verses 1 through 4. The first book of Maccabees, chapter 2, Mattathias and his sons. In those days, Mattathias, the son of John, son of Simeon, a priest of the sons of Jorib, moved from Jerusalem and settled in Modin. He had five sons, John, surnamed Gedai, Simon, called Thassai, Judas, called Maccabeus, Eleazar, called Avaron, and Jonathan, called Aphus. He saw the blasphemies being committed in Judah and Jerusalem and said, Alas, why was I born to see this, the ruin of my people, the ruin of the holy city, and to dwell there when it was given over to the enemy, the sanctuary given over to aliens? Her temple has become like a man without honor. Her glorious vessels have been carried into captivity. Her infants have been killed in her streets, her youths by the sword of the foe. What nation has not inherited her palaces and has not seized her spoils? All her adornment has been taken away. No longer free, she has become a slave. And behold, our holy place, our beauty, and our glory have been laid waste. The Gentiles have profaned it. Why should we live any longer? And Mattathias and his sons tore their clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned greatly. Pagan worship refused. Then the king's officers, who were enforcing the apostasy, came to the city of Modin to make them offer sacrifice. Many from Israel came to them, and Mattathias and his sons were assembled. Then the king's officers spoke to Mattathias as follows, You are a leader, honored and great in this city, and supported by sons and brothers. Now, Be the first to come and do what the king commands, as all the Gentiles and the men of Judah and those that are left in Jerusalem have done. Then you and your sons will be numbered among the friends of the king, and you and your sons will be honored with silver and gold and many gifts. But Mattathias answered and said in a loud voice, Even if all the nations that live under the rule of the king obey him, and have chosen to do his commandments, departing each one from the religion of his fathers, Yet I and my sons and my brothers will live by the covenant of our fathers. Far be it from us to desert the law and the ordinances. We will not obey the king's words by turning aside from our religion to the right hand or to the left. When he had finished speaking these words, a Jew came forward in the sight of all to offer sacrifice upon the altar in Modin according to the king's command. When Mattathias saw it, he burned with zeal and his heart was stirred. He gave vent to righteous anger. He ran and killed him upon the altar. At the same time, he killed the king's officer who was forcing them to sacrifice, and he tore down the altar. Thus he burned with zeal for the laws, as Phineas did against Zimri, the son of Salu. Then Mattathias cried out in the city with a loud voice, saying, Let everyone who is zealous for the law and supports the covenant come out with me. And he and his sons fled to the hills and left all that they had in the city. Then many who were seeking righteousness and justice went down to the wilderness to dwell there, they, their sons, their wives, and their cattle, because evils pressed heavily upon them. 
and it was reported to the king's officers and to the troops in Jerusalem, the city of David, that men who had rejected the king's command had gone down to the hiding places in the wilderness. Many pursued them and overtook them. They encamped opposite them and prepared for battle against them on the Sabbath day. And they said to them, Enough of this, come out and do what the king commands and you will live. But they said, We will not come out, nor will we do what the king commands and so profane the Sabbath day. Then the enemy hastened to attack them, but they did not answer them or hurl a stone at them or block up their hiding places. For they said, let us all die in our innocence. Heaven and earth testify for us that you are killing us unjustly. So they attacked them on the Sabbath day and they died with their wives and children and cattle to the number of a thousand persons. When Mattathias and his friends learned of it, they mourned for them deeply and each said to his neighbor, If we all do as our brethren have done and refuse to fight with the Gentiles for our lives and for our ordinances, they will quickly destroy us from the earth. So they made this decision that day. Let us fight against every man who comes to attack us on the Sabbath day. Let us not all die as our brethren died in their hiding places. Counterattack Then there united with them a company of Hasideans, mighty warriors of Israel, everyone who offered himself willingly for the law. And all who became fugitives to escape their troubles joined them and reinforced them. They organized an army and struck down sinners in their anger and lawless men in their wrath. The survivors fled to the Gentiles for safety, and Mattathias and his friends went about and tore down the altars. They forcibly circumcised all the uncircumcised boys they found within the borders of Israel. They hunted down the arrogant men, and the work prospered in their hands. They rescued the law out of the hands of the Gentiles and kings, and they never let the sinner gain the upper hand. Last words of Mattathias. Now, the days drew near for Mattathias to die, and he said to his sons, Arrogance and reproach have now become strong. It is a time of ruin and furious anger. Now, my children, show zeal for the law, and give your lives for the covenant of our fathers. Remember the deeds of our fathers, which they did in their generations, and receive great honor and an everlasting name. Was not Abraham found faithful when tested, and it was reckoned to him as righteousness? Joseph, in the time of his distress, kept the commandment and became Lord of Egypt. Phineas, our father, because he was deeply zealous, received the covenant of everlasting priesthood. Joshua, because he fulfilled the command, became a judge in Israel. Caleb, because he testified in the assembly, received an inheritance in the land. David, because he was merciful, inherited the throne of the kingdom forever. Elijah, because of great zeal for the law, was taken up into heaven. Hananiah, Azariah, and Mishael believed and were saved from the flame. Daniel, because of his innocence, was delivered from the mouth of the lions. And so observe from generation to generation that none who put their trust in him will lack strength. Do not fear the words of a sinner, for his splendor will turn into dung and worms. Today he will be exalted, but tomorrow he will not be found because he has returned to the dust and his plans will perish. My children, be courageous and grow strong in the law, for by it you will gain honor. Now behold, I know that Simeon, your brother, is wise in counsel. Always listen to him. He shall be your father. Judas Maccabeus has been a mighty warrior from his youth. He shall command the army for you and fight the battle against the peoples. You shall rally about you all who observe the law and avenge the wrong done to your people. Pay back the Gentiles in full and heed what the law commands. Then he blessed them and was gathered to his fathers. He died in the 146th year and was buried in the tomb of his fathers at Modin, 
and all Israel mourned for him with great lamentation. The Book of Sirach, Chapter 4 Precepts for Everyday Life My son, do not deprive the poor of his living, and do not keep needy eyes waiting. Do not grieve the one who is hungry, nor anger a man in want. Do not add to the troubles of an angry mind, nor delay your gift to a beggar. Do not reject an afflicted suppliant, nor turn your face away from the poor. Do not avert your eye from the needy, nor give a man occasion to curse you. For if in bitterness of soul he calls down a curse upon you, his Creator will hear his prayer. Make yourself beloved in the congregation. Bow your head low to a great man. Incline your ear to the poor and answer him peaceably and gently. Deliver him who is wronged from the hand of the wrongdoer and do not be faint-hearted in judging a case. Be like a father to orphans and instead of a husband to their mother. You will then be like a son of the Most High and he will love you more than does your mother. Wisdom breathes life into her sons and gives help to those who seek her. Whoever loves her loves life and those who seek her early will win the Lord's good favor. Whoever holds fast will obtain glory and the Lord will bless the place she enters. Those who serve her will minister to the Holy One. The Lord loves those who love her. He who obeys her will judge the nations and whoever gives heed to her will dwell secure. If he has faith in her, he will obtain her and his descendants will remain in possession of her. For she will walk with him in disguise, and at first she will put him to the test. She will bring fear and cowardice upon him, and will torment him by her discipline until he holds her in her thoughts and she trusts him. Then she will come straight back to him and strengthen him. She will gladden him and will reveal her secrets to him, and store up for him knowledge and the discernment of what is right. But if he goes astray, she will forsake him and give him over into the hands of his foe. Observe the right time and beware of evil and do not bring shame upon yourself. For there is a shame which brings sin and there is a shame which is glory and favor. Do not show partiality to your own harm or deference to your downfall. Do not refrain from speaking at the crucial time and do not hide your wisdom. For wisdom is known through speech and education through the words of the tongue. Never speak against the truth, but be mindful of your ignorance. Do not be ashamed to confess your sins and do not try to stop the current of a river. Do not subject yourself to a foolish fellow, nor show partiality to a ruler. Strive even to death for the truth and the Lord God will fight for you. Do not be reckless in your speech or sluggish and remiss in your deeds. Do not be like a lion in your home, nor be a fault finder with your servants. Let not your hand be extended to receive, but withdraw when it is time to repay. Chapter 5 Do not set your heart on your wealth, nor say, I have enough. Do not follow your inclination and strength, walking according to the desires of your heart. Do not say, Who will have power over me? Or, Who will bring me down because of my deeds? For God will surely punish you. Do not say, I have sinned, and what happened to me? For the Most High is slow to anger. Do not be so confident of atonement that you add sin to sin. Do not say, His mercy is great. He will forgive the multitude of my sins. For both mercy and wrath are with him, and his anger rests on sinners. Do not delay to turn to the Lord, nor postpone it from day to day. For suddenly the wrath of the Lord will go forth, and at the time of punishment you will perish.
Do not depend on dishonest wealth, for it will not benefit you in the day of calamity. Do not winnow with every wind, nor follow every path. The double-tongued sinner does that. Be steadfast in your understanding, and let your speech be consistent. Be quick to hear, and be deliberate in answering. If you have understanding, answer your neighbor. But if not, put your hand on your mouth. Glory and dishonor come from speaking, and a man's tongue is his downfall. Do not be called a slanderer, and do not lie in ambush with your tongue. For shame comes to the thief, and severe condemnation to the double-tongued. In great or small matters, do not act amiss, and do not become an enemy instead of a friend. Chapter 6 For a bad name incurs shame and reproach, so fares the double-tongued sinner. Do not exalt yourself through your soul's counsel, lest your soul be torn in pieces like a bull. You will devour your leaves and destroy your fruit, and will be left like a withered tree. An evil soul will destroy him who has it, and make him the laughingstock of his enemies. A pleasant voice multiplies friends and softens enemies, and a gracious tongue multiplies courtesies. Let those that are at peace with you be many, but let your advisers be one in a thousand. When you gain a friend, gain him through testing, and do not trust him hastily. For there is a friend who is such at his own convenience, but will not stand by you in your day of trouble. And there is a friend who changes into an enemy and will disclose a quarrel to your disgrace. And there is a friend who is a table companion, but will not stand by you in your day of trouble. In prosperity, he will make himself your equal and be bold with your servants. But if you are brought low, he will turn against you and will hide himself from your presence. Keep yourself far from your enemies and be on guard toward your friends. A faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He that has found one has found a treasure. There is nothing so precious as a faithful friend, and no scales can measure his excellence. A faithful friend is an elixir of life, and those who fear the Lord will find him. Whoever fears the Lord directs his friendship aright, for as he is, so is his neighbor also. My son, from your youth up, choose instruction, and until you are old, you will keep finding wisdom. Come to her like one who plows and sows and wait for her good harvest. For in her service you will toil a little while and soon you will eat of her produce. She seems very harsh to the uninstructed. A weakling will not remain with her. She will weigh him down like a heavy testing stone and he will not be slow to cast her off. For wisdom is like her name and is not manifest to many. Listen, my son, and accept my judgment. Do not reject my counsel. Put your feet into her chains and your neck into her collar. Put your shoulder under her and carry her and do not fret under her bonds. Come to her with all your soul and keep her ways with all your might. Search out and seek and she will become known to you. And when you get hold of her, do not let her go. For at last you will find the rest she gives and she will be changed into joy for you. Then her chains will become for you a strong protection and her collar a glorious robe. Her yoke is a golden ornament and her bonds are a cord of blue. You will wear her like a glorious robe and put her on like a crown of gladness. If you are willing, my son, you will be taught. And if you apply yourself, you will become clever. If you love to listen, you will gain knowledge. And if you incline your ear, you will become wise. Stand in the assembly of the elders. Who is wise? Cling to him, 
Be ready to listen to every narrative and do not let wise proverbs escape you. If you see an intelligent man, visit him early. Let your foot wear out his doorstep. Reflect on the statutes of the Lord and meditate at all times on his commandments. It is he who will give insight to your mind and your desire for wisdom will be granted. The book of Proverbs, chapter 22, verses 1 through 4. A good name is to be chosen rather than great riches, and favor is better than silver or gold. The rich and the poor meet together. The Lord is the maker of them all. A prudent man sees danger and hides himself, but the simple go on and suffer for it. The reward for humility and fear of the Lord is riches and honor and life. Father in heaven, we give you praise and thank you. Thank you for your instruction. Thank you for your wisdom that you share with us. And thank you for shaping our hearts and shaping our eyes, shaping our minds to be able to see your will and to be able to desire to do your will in everything. Help us, help us, Lord, to, to be able to do what we desire, to be able to do what you want for us. Without your grace, we can do nothing. With your grace, all things are possible. Hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So in the book of Maccabees, chapter 2, again, long chapters, but you know, a lot of story, a lot of stuff going on. What happens? Mattathias, son of John, son of Simeon, priest of the sons of Jorab, he goes to Modin. And what happens? He has five sons. And Mattathias, you know, as he's, as he's seeing this, he realizes this is a crisis moment, Lord. I mean, this is when the people of Israel, the children of Israel, came back to Jerusalem and Judah. They came back with this desire to be faithful, this, we are not going to turn away from worshiping of the one true God anymore. And here under the Greek rule, Greek occupation, they're doing it. And Mattathias becomes this man who leads this revolt, basically saying, we will not do this. In fact, uh, what happens is they, they point him out and say, Mattathias, you're a leader, you're respected. Come up here and show people that they can offer this sacrifice. They can, they can do this small thing. They can be friends of the king. And you'd be honored. You and your sons will be honored with silver and gold, many gifts. And Mattathias has the answer, right? Mattathias says, no, I'm not going to do that. And what happens? It says, as he finished speaking, a Jew came forward in the sight of all to offer sacrifice. And Mattathias sees this. And just like Phineas, remember that story back in the earlier in the Old Testament, just like Phineas, Mattathias is roused up by this righteous anger and he kills him. And then he also kills uh, the, the king's ambassador. And it's one of those kind of situations you're like, whoa. You just went from zero to 60. Things went from, okay, we're kind of oppressed to, oh my gosh, we have to fight now. And so that's what he does. He says, everyone who wants to fight, everyone who wants to live free, come out into the hills with me. And um, they begin to wage this guerrilla warfare upon um, not only just, not just upon the Greeks, but also upon their fellow Jews who are not faithful to the law. I mean, this, as I said, as we've said so many times, just because something's in the Bible doesn't mean that it's a good thing. Just because a hero of a section of the Bible is doing something doesn't mean that that's the right thing for them to be doing. It's just what they did, right? And so as an example, Mattathias and his, and his sons and the band that was with them didn't just turn and fight the Greeks. They also turned and, as it says, forcibly circumcised those boys who were not circumcised. That kind of sense of like, okay, they hunted down the arrogant men and work prospered in their hands. They also rescued out of the law, out of the hands of the Gentiles and kings, and they never let the sinner gain the upper hand. There's something about this that's just like, okay, they when they start, you know, this is the thing, when war breaks out, 
there's a lot of ugliness that breaks out. When war breaks out, you guys, anyone who's listening to this part of this Bible in your community, if you've been in war, you know exactly what we're talking about. When you cross that bridge, it is uh, oftentimes incredibly, incredibly deadly um, what happens and just incredibly destructive, obviously. Now, at the end of chapter two, what happens is Mattathias is going to die, then he dies. But before he dies, he entrusts a couple of different responsibilities and duties to two of his sons. One, he says, we know Simeon is, is wise in counsel, so listen to him. He'll be your father. But then Judas Maccabeus has been a mighty warrior from his youth. In fact, the word Maccabeus, uh, Maccabees, it means the hammer. Judas Maccabeus is a nickname, right? He's Judas the hammer. And he's going to be command of the army, fight the battle against the people. So you shall rally about you all who observe the law and avenge the wrong done to your people. And so that's what happens. They uh, launch this guerrilla warfare led by Judas Maccabeus, Judas the hammer against, as we said, against the Greeks and against the Gentiles in order to try to be free. In fact, well, I don't want to give anything away, but they establish a sovereign state for a while, maybe give or take, I don't know, hundred years or so, but they have to, they do this through violence. They do this through um, stuff that we wouldn't want to be part of, but for love of the law, for love of the freedom God made them for, for love of worship of God, this is what they're about to do. And so that's where, that's where we're at. Now, if we jump over to Sirach 4, 5, and 6, so good. There's that sense of like precepts for everyday life. The first beginning of this is this reminder, take care of the poor. <laughs> take care of those who beg. I love this. It's just because this is, this is what I need to hear. That's why I say I love it. In chapter 4, verse 5, it says, do not avert your eye from the needy nor give a man occasion to curse you. Do not avert your eye from the needy. Um, gosh, you guys, how many times do we pull up to a stoplight and uh, there's someone begging on the corner and I just like, yep, just look straight ahead, look straight ahead, look down at your at your knuckles on the, on the steering wheel, look anywhere except for into the eyes of this person who's begging. Um, but here's scripture, do not avert your eye from the needy. And I just, I'm convicted by this. That's so important. And now there's... <laughs> Book of Sirach and Book of Wisdom, it's kind of like Proverbs on steroids, if that's, if that's a way to say it. So my invitation for us is when we hear the Book of Sirach and we hear the Book of Wisdom, kind of like Proverbs, is to have your Bible with you if you can, because there's something so powerful about being able to follow along. All this stringing together of pieces of wisdom is really, really incredible. For example, in chapter six, I mean, there's so many things I would like to highlight for y'all, but we have to just limit ourselves. I'm sorry. Chapter six talks about friendship. My gosh, this is incredible. Let those that are at peace with you be many, like your acquaintances, let your acquaintances be many, but let your advisor advisors be one in a thousand. How often, golly, how often are we in a position where I take advice from whoever? Yeah, I know this person. I'll, I'll trust them and I'll take their advice. No scripture says, yeah, let your acquaintances, many, anybody can be your acquaintance. Anyone can be your pal but let your advisor be one in a thousand. Next in chapter six, verse seven, the very next verse, this is so important, especially, I mean, gosh, how many of us wish we would have heard this piece of wisdom when we were in middle school or high school? It says, when you gain a friend, gain him through testing and do not trust him hastily. Sometimes we meet someone and we have something in common with them. They seem fun. They seem charming. They seem like we agree on a lot of stuff and we trust them before testing them. Here's scripture. When you gain a friend, gain him through testing. Do not trust him hastily. And describes three kind of friends. There's a friend who is such at his own convenience, but will not stand by you in your day of trouble. So friendships of convenience. Here's a friend who changes into an enemy and will disclose a quarrel to your disgrace. 
Think about that. How many times do you not only have a friend who's a fair weather friend, but also if a friend who actually turns out to uh, misuse and abuse the trust that you've given to them. And there's a friend who is a table companion, but will not stand by you in your day of trouble. A table companion basically means someone you've you know entered into deep friendship with, you know, to seal the covenant a lot of times there would be a meal. So your table companion, but will not stand by you in your day of trouble. In prosperity, he'll make himself your equal and be bold with your servants. Like, yeah, he walks into your home like he owns the place. But if you are brought low, he will turn against you and will hide himself from your presence. But then again, here's the positive. A faithful friend is a sturdy shelter. He that has found one has found a treasure. There is nothing so precious as a faithful friend and no scales can measure his excellence. A faithful friend is an elixir of life. Those who fear the Lord will find him. Whoever fears the Lord directs his friendships aright, for as he is, so is his neighbor also. That's, uh, gosh, so good. There's so many other pieces of gold in this book of Sirach. So again, as I said, I don't not tell your business, but I think it could be really a blessing to you if even for just the next number of days, 30 days, um, when we listen to uh, make a note, be able to watch, to read as well, if you can. And if you can't, um, to go back and say, oh, I need to go back and reread some Sirach when I get home. If you're reading, listening in the car or whatever you are, uh, just could be a really powerful thing to be able to do. But then again, as I said, I'm not here to tell you your own business. I'm just here to uh, proclaim the word of God and just be part of your life. And I'm so glad you're part of my life. I am praying for you every single day. Please, please pray for me. My name is Father Mike. I cannot wait to see you tomorrow. God bless. Thank you.